Good morning. How are you? Good, 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 good. Well, welcome to class, coffee, and conversate. And now that somebody's pointed out to me that conversate is probably not a word, I always think about that every time I say it. And it's awesome. We're making it one. We're making it a word. Yeah. You know, yes, by boomerang, it is a word now. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> conversate, conversate, conversate. Take that. So anyway, welcome this morning. Welcome anybody who's uh, watching us online. We just thank you for being there. Uh, we have been, uh, the last few weeks, we've been talking about options. And uh, in options, uh, we've been talking about that as a Christian, we shouldn't see ourselves as having them. Our option should be this, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that should be our option as Christians. And that's based in love. Now, if we're not based in love, then we're going to think we have all kinds of options. You know, well, we can choose this or that or, or do this or do that. Uh, but the Lord says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So at the very least, if we're operating in love, the only option we should see is what is his command. Does that make sense? That's the only thing that we should see. Now, as Christians, and because the world has told us otherwise, we think that we have all kinds of options, and because we've been operating like that, what we, you know, the power of the gospel inside of us, based off of our choices, has been diminished. It's not because the gospel's diminished, not because the power of Christ or the love of God is diminished, it's because we're choosing a different option than what he's paid for. So when we start making and choosing making the choices and choosing the options of Christ, now we, can, we are uh, qualified to move in the power of God and move in his options. So let's just turn to 2 Timothy and chapter 2 and verse 3. Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you this is a gift that you have given to us. And Lord, we, it's a gift. And we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you, so we just praise you. It is a gift to be able to come together, to be with family in Christ. Lord, it's a gift to be able to come together and to, and to meditate and feed on your word, Lord. That's a gift, and not everybody around the world has it. And Lord, we just praise you and we honor you that we're able to do this today. Lord, let, let our abilities and our freedoms strengthen not only ourselves, but all those believers around the world, Lord. Let us find a way to help bear the burden by living the life that you have placed us in. This is our place. You know, we're, not, we're not ashamed. We're not, we don't feel uh, bad because we have these freedoms. But Lord, let us use these freedoms to do everything that you've called us to do. Let us, let us see them as an opportunity to grow in you so that the kingdom can be advanced around the world, whether it be in places where we have these freedoms or not. And Lord, we just thank you for them. We thank you for you. We thank you for your freedom and your victory, Lord. Let us now just grow as the seed of the word is planted in our hearts, ready to be received in fertile soil in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, right now in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, it says this, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier 
of Christ Jesus. Now what that's saying is, is basically this. You're going to face times, and I'll, I'll say it like this, that your flesh is going to say, this is hard. Now we know that in Christ, we have our ease and we have rest. But you're going to face times where your flesh and maybe an unrenewed mind is going to say, this is tough, right? And, and that's, we are to expect that, that our flesh is going to be the flesh. In other words, we're not to expect that our flesh is going to come out there and it's going to be going everywhere that the Holy Spirit's leading us. No, that's exactly opposite of what the Word tells us. It tells us that the Spirit and the flesh are going to disagree. So you're going to be going into places that, are, that the flesh and logic would tell you those are hard places. You know? and look at the Apostle Paul. He, he made a list of stuff, and he said, I have suffered these hardships. Now, he understood and he knew how to apply grace in the middle of a situation. And because of that, it takes those situations and it makes them easy. And this is, a, this is a promise in God. So we need to understand this. So when we see this verse, it's not that we're believing for hardship, but we're not afraid of what people call hardship either. We're not afraid of that. We're, a matter of fact, we're kind of glad to go in. And we, we, the Bible says this. He says, we, uh, we are humbled, basically, that God counts us worthy of suffering in this manner. In other words, that God counts us worthy to step into a place that most people won't go because they see it as hard. We can take with us the victory of Christ into that place and bring life out. Now, if we have the mindset that uh, when we get in God, everything on this earth is just going to be easy uh, in, in, the, in the logical, physical sense as well, you're going to be in for some harsh realities because it's a battle. The Lord talks about it being a battle even in this verse. He says, as a good soldier. So in other words, we're in an army, we're in the war, we're in the battle, right? And so there's, some, there's a side of Christianity that says you're never going to face anything once you come into Christ. No, you're going to face things. The difference is now you're empowered to come out with victory. That's the whole difference. Instead of, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to go into this battle and I may get beat. No, you can go in going, I know we're winning. I know we're going to win. And so when it says suffer hardship, I don't want you to, uh, there's another side of Christianity that says, well, I'm always going to be beat down. And that's a ditch as well. One, one ditch is I'm never going to get anything. You know, it's always going to be easy. And the other ditch is I'm always going to be beat down. So let me get beat down for Christ. No, Jesus has got beat down. And he paid for us to have the victory. So there's a middle ground where we have periods of, of ease and periods of, of hardship. There's a, there's a middle ground that says, I, this, is what, this is what it says, basically. I don't care what comes in front of me. I will take Christ into it, and we will walk out victorious. Amen? That's what it's saying. But it, he needs, God needs some people that see themselves as that, that sees themselves as a good soldier, and they're willing to step into places that may, in their mind, be scary. They're willing to step into places that, in their mind, may be tough. They're willing to step into places that may be hard, knowing that they're taking Jesus with them. And the truth of the matter is, until you get that mindset in you, you're not going to walk in victory. You're not going to. 
Because what you're operating from is a position of fear. If you're not operating from that mindset, you have a position of fear. And that fear is basically going to undermine every plan that you have. You're going to find that things just don't work all the time. And this is So, in other words, when, when Paul says this, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier in Christ Jesus, then what he's saying is, be willing to step into the hard thing. Be willing to step in there. Stop looking at yourself. As, you know, um, I ran into a, a Marine that recently graduated uh, this week. And when we were in boot camp, uh, one of the things that they talk about and they kind of drill into your head is this. is like, you don't want to be like those nasty civilians. You don't want to be nasty civvies, right? And um, what that means is this. The civilian world is so undisciplined. Yeah, they're teaching you to start disciplining yourself and seeing things from a different position. Okay? Well, in the kingdom of God, this is basically what this is saying as well. Don't fall into the world's lack of discipline, particularly lack of discipline towards Christ. Discipline yourself to step into whatever God has for you. Now, a lot of people see that that, that they have an option. Christians see that as they have an option, but they shouldn't see it that way. They should see this as a command from God and say, if he says do it, then let me prepare myself and be ready and willing and able to do whatever he asked me to do. If he says step into a situation that looks tough, then I will step in knowing that I'm bringing Christ with me. If he says step into a period of rest and a time of rest, I will step in gladly and receive all of it, you know. And so whatever it is, you know, Paul said this. He said, I know how to abase and I know how to abound. In other words, he knew how to operate in the fullness of God, whether he had a ton of stuff or he had no stuff. And so as a good soldier, you are simply understanding that I'm taking commands from heaven. And I need, to, I need to think like that. I need to act like that. I need to, and I'm not, you know, well, Brian, you're, you were in the military and you just see things differently. No, I'm seeing this verse right here. This verse says, as a good soldier. As a good soldier. So in other words, we need to take up this mentality as Christians. That doesn't mean that we all walk around in lockstep, you know, marching and everybody's heels to hitting at the same time. That's not what that means. It means that we have this mentality, that we have a get-it-done mentality. We will not uh, receive excuses or move in excuses for it. We don't see options. We only see the command of God, and out of love we say, I'll go do whatever you want me to do. Amen? Amen. Verse 4 says this, No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. So no soldier, if they're active, is going to entangle themselves in the things of life. Let me put it this way. No Christian should entangle themselves in the things that sidetrack other lukewarm Christians and the world. We shouldn't entangle ourselves in those things. That means, what does that mean? That means our priority system is not based off of what we've been taught. Our priority system is not based off of what we see. Our priority system is based off of God's will. In other words, the will of heaven, the, 
the priority system of heaven, that's what our priority system's based off of. Uh, a lot of families, a lot of families will put their children first, right? And then they'll put their husband, then they'll put their job, then they'll put maybe their other family, uh, maybe, and then they'll maybe put God and church. And that system is almost completely upside down. It needs to be God, spouse, children, family, and family in that portion includes physical and spiritual family, talking about church, and, and then job. And then, you know, boats and cars and all that other, you know, houses and stuff. That is important to God as well, but it's not supposed to be on for a, making a living, making a, an abundant living. That's because people keep putting that on top. They get entangled with that. They can't perform their duties in the kingdom of God. And therefore, does the kingdom suffer or does it grow? It suffers. So what we have to do is we have to say, all right, all right, I need to reset my priorities. I need to make sure that I only see the options that God's given me. And let's, let's as a good soldier, go into things. Because, listen, if I told you, um, well, like this. At one point, Nicole and I, most of y'all know this story, but at one, point, at one point, the Lord asked us to sell our business, and that was the only job we had. That was our living. That meant that if we didn't have something to replace it, that the house was gone because we had borrowed money on that. The car was gone because we had just borrowed money on that. So at, at this, God said, Sell the house, I mean, sell the business, which meant sell your job, basically. And then he, all, he told us to sell it for an amount that wouldn't even pay our bills monthly. Okay? So, at that point, does that look like a hard situation? Is that, all right, this is our living, our house, our car, food on the table, and God asked us to, and this is a legitimate situation that he asked us to do. And now sell your business. We, what are we going to do after we sell? We have no idea. Does that look hard? It looks hard to the flesh and to the mind. And with the, with the options that the world operates in, with a lack of discipline and a lack of a priority system in God, what would have come first? Being obedient to God or keeping the job, the house, the business, and everything else? Keeping all that stuff, you know, because a house over your head and putting food. And they'd even, they'd even talk logic to you. Well, look, Brian, they might even quote scripture at you. You know, he who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel, Brian. You need to provide for your family. You know, I, God says that you're supposed to be content with, with shelter and food. You know, that's in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says you're supposed to be, you know, content. So obviously he wants you to have a house. Now see, now that, that's the way the devil would use scripture against you. Which is more important in the kingdom of God once you know God has said something? going back and trying to find scripture to defend the position so your flesh can be content or being obedient to God. Let me tell you that our supply and putting food on the table, it's found in obedience to God. Now when you understand that and you understand that, okay, it looks like God's asking me to step off a cliff, right? 
That's the way it looks. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Now, the first thing is I started counseling. And I needed to know, is this God? Because you go stepping out here without counseling, without using your pastor and, and the spiritual support system that God's ordained, then you are being you know, not, not too smart. But if, you, if you've counseled and, and you assault and you know that's God, God's telling me to do this, then all of your supply, all of your answers is in that step and you need to take that. Why? Because that's where you'll find your supply. And you know what place will dry up? The one that you tried to keep. That will start to dry up and become barren because there's no life in it. There's life in the word of God. We live by that word. It's food. It's nourishment. That's where we need to be. Now, when you know that, when you know that you know that God's word has provision and life for you, then all of a sudden, and you only see that as an option, guess what? What looked hard all of a sudden becomes easy. Why? Because you know it. You've got it, a mindset on it. You've got a heart set on it. And you know, I know, I have no idea logically what's going to happen, but I know him. I know Jesus. And when you know that you know, now that situation becomes easy in your own mind. And now you're not suffering hardship to everybody else. It looks like hardship, but you are walking in ease. You are walking in ease because you know the one who said it. Remember what we talked about on Wednesday night? You know, you can take any problem back to and go back to this. You don't know God well enough. But when you do know God well enough, he'll take what looks like and what the world would call hardships and he'll make them easy. Take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He'll turn what looks hard and what looks tough and make it easy. And so as we made that decision and we had people that were talking about us, we found out later they thought we had lost it. They thought we were crazy. And why? Because to the world, that made no logical sense whatsoever what we did. And yet what happened was when we stepped off of what looked like a cliff, we landed on solid ground that had continued to rise. And, and God replaced. It was like, all right, that income went like this and dropped off in a certain month, the exact same month, I mean the same week, another income popped up and, and continued to rise from there. So it was like this. It looked like we were even just going to maybe go forward and definitely drop down some. And what happened as we were obedient to God is we actually took a step up and continued to grow from there. That's what God can do. But you've got to trust him. You have to trust him. Find your rest in his word. Find your rest in it. But that comes back to, you know, we could not have done that if we hadn't come back to and understood what these scriptures are saying. We don't see any other option. This is what God said. We know it's God. We know it's God so we can trust him. You know, because this wasn't written out, you know, in First Brian and Nicole's, you know, second chapter, third verse. This wasn't there. So it's not like we could look it up in the Bible and say, you know, in 2000 and whatever, you know, I'm going to ask you to give up your job. That wasn't there. We needed to know how to hear from God. You know, we needed to we needed to learn how to trust him. We needed to counsel and find out, is this God? And once we knew it was God, we saw no other option. 
And then we take action on that because we trust God, because we know him. Once we know it's God, it's easy because we know him. He loves us. Man, he's working for us. He's working all things together for good. To those who are called, to those, to those who love him. He's working all things together. He's ordering our steps. He ordered those steps. He ordered those steps that looked crazy. <laughs> and we would have been stuck in a lifeless place had we seen other options. But because we saw ourselves as good soldiers, we were willing to step into what looked hard and actually was very easy. We've got to be willing to do that. But we could have, we could have stayed back here and entangled ourselves in our house, and food on the table, and cars. Or we could step into the more that God had and the victory that he had by being obedient because we only saw his commandment as the only option. Christians need to get to the place where the only option they see is the commandment of God. They need to get to that place. Well, and now once you get to that place, how important does it become for you to hear from him and to know his voice? Well, how many of y'all hear so clearly uh, from the Lord, you know, all the time? Who else, you know, I mean, daily, you're just hearing so clear from God, you know it's God. Well, me either. I'm better than I used to be, but I still need help in that. Well, he's designed a system to help us in that. He's gave, given us overseers. He's given us pastors and prophets. and He's given us people in, the, in his system, in his order, in the church, in the body, to help us figure out through wise counsel, this is what's supposed to be and this isn't. That's why it's so important uh, for you to go after things. This morning, uh, matter of fact, this morning, I, uh, you need to hear clearly from God. This morning, I was, I, I, I could just tell it when I got up. Man, the devil's trying to attack me with discouragement. I could just feel it. And it was like, he, bringing up this thought about this person or that person or that person. And it wasn't a huge deal. It was just very, very small. Very, very small. But I recognize it now because I've been doing this for a little while. And so I sent out a message to the leadership team. I said, hey. Why? Because they're a part of my system. I need to use them. So I sent out a message and I said, hey, pray for me. It's not a big deal. I'm on top of it already. But I know the power of prayer. And I know how, what happens when you come together and agree with me. That this, this little discouragement comes to nothing. You see? Why? Because the devil always wants to keep you in that place. Because if I'm discouraged, I preach different. You know, and if I preach different, you receive different. So it's important that we stay on top of where we're at. There's many times, even though I know pretty well how to hear from the Lord and, and I hear from him pretty clearly on a regular basis, but I need to use the system that God's put into place as well. I need to flip on the engine, crank the engine of power that God has designed in the church. So when I have a question and I'm going through something, even if I know the answer, Man, I'll call my pastor up and say, hey, I got this. What do you think about it? What, what do you think? Will you pray on this answer and see if they have anything? See if he has anything that I need to. I got several pastors that I'll 
that I'll go to. Why? Because if I'm going to see only God's options, I need to hear from God. And part of the way that he's gotten that design for us to hear from him and to move in him is this body we call the church. And they have a definite, definitive design to help me and you grow and be who God's called us to be. It has a design to help us stay out of the entanglements of God. I mean, of the entanglements of the world, world and get in God, you see? I, there's so many times um, I've had people over these, you know, Boomerang's going to turn six in January. Uh, woohoo! On January 11th. And um, in these six years, I've had people come to me time and time and time again, and, they'll, and they're in a jam. They're in a problem. And the problem is, as soon as they come, say, I'm in this problem, and I need to know what to do. This is what happened. Da, 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 da. And they're in there because they made a decision. And I can't tell you how many times, and I generally don't tell them because it's just like the wrong time to t- say it. But generally, almost every single one of those, I, I could tell them, if you'd have come to me, I could have told you not to do that. Because why? Because there's a system that's there. If you'd have just asked, I could have told you that's not right. There's something wrong with it. You know, maybe it's a leading, maybe it's just experience, you know. But there's a system, and there, that's what you have each other for, to lean on, to bear the burdens of one another and grow so that we can walk only in the options of God and see his kingdom expand and multiply. Amen? Amen. Well, I have two other scripture places, and we're not going to them today. And uh, I've been trying to get to the one since the very first time we started talking about options, and we hadn't got there yet. So, amen. <laughs> amen. That was good this morning, though. I really I thank you, Lord, for that. Father, we just thank you, and we praise you. We give you the glory. Lord, we just lift up this service right now. Lord, this service today at 11 o'clock, this is your service. You've got something special designed for today. And Lord, we just want to step into it. We see the only option is your will in this service. Holy Spirit, we just say, have your way in the hearts and lives and minds of people and in this place. Holy Spirit, we we just repent right now for getting in your way at any time. At any time. And we just, you know, by faith right now, we just step out of the way and let you do what you want to do. You've got a plan for today, and it's awesome, and it's great, and it's mighty. And, and Father, we just receive your plan right now. We just receive your plan right now, and we praise you. Lord, I just ask right now that the heart and minds of people that will be here today will be ready, Lord. We just, we just, in the name of Jesus, we come against any deception that would shield them from the seed of your word, that would shield them from the truth of your word. Lord, we just, we just ask that anything, any strongholds that would hold them back from your will being done in their lives today would be dissolved in you. Lord, we thank you for it. Father, we just ask that your power will be released in people today 
that are sitting in the seats, that are hearing this message, even hearing it online, let your power be released in them. Father, we praise you for it and we give you the glory. Whatever happens today in all of your goodness, whatever happens that, that you, we allowed you to do right, Lord, it's you who did it. Whatever happens that we did right by listening to you, it's you who did that. And we just give you the glory. And we praise you for it. And we just love you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you. We praise you for this day. We give you the glory for this day. Let's just praise them in advance for what we know is done. Father, we just praise you. Just lift your hands if you want to. Just give him the glory and praise him for what he's done. Father, we praise you. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of people. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for your love being poured out today. Thank you, Father, for your love being poured out today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your love being made manifest in the lives of people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you in a few. to love.